Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, I'm excited to revisit our series different from last year. That's what we're going to kick off today. Tell you a little bit more about that here in a second. But just in case you don't know me, my name's Kate. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And at No Limits, we're here to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. And if you're new here, if you're new tuning in online, I just want to say that you're always welcome to join us. This is a place to come and get equipped to go out and make a difference for the kingdom of God. And before we get into the message today, I want to remind you guys of something that the Holy Spirit revealed to us about the upcoming year. He revealed this to us last week, that this year is all about team. Y'all remember that? This year is all about team. I believe that there's going to be a special anointing for those who work together as a team. And this anointing is not going to exist for people who try to do it by themselves. It's only going to exist in those who are working as a team, a special anointing this year. In other words, this year isn't about what I can do. This year is about what we can do together. This year, we got to take every opportunity to work together as a team. So you got to join your culture impact team, whichever team that is. Go to the meetings and even develop relationships outside of these meetings, one-on-one with members of your team. And this is going to be a challenge for us because, you know, us Americans, we're used to living our lives with our heads buried in me, myself, and I, and what I'm, what I'm doing, right? That's what we're used to, but it's time to die to self, just like Jesus asked us to die to self and engage with your team and value team above anything you can do by yourself. And speaking of developing these relationships, we do have a potluck after church next Sunday. This has got to be one of the easiest ways for you to start valuing team because you're already here. You're already going to eat lunch after church, so you might as well just stick around and build some relationships, right? This is actually our first potluck we've ever done after church. So I know this can feel kind of strange, like, what are we doing? And I hate to disrupt your routine. I know you all got your routines after church, and I hate to disrupt that, but I'm only asking for one Sunday. That's it. I think we can do it. And I asked Denise Pape to coordinate this for us. So you probably got an email from her with a link on how you can let us know what you want to bring to the potluck. So sorry if that caught you off guard. Denise Pape is a part of our church. She's the real deal. She's not here today, but she's coordinating it for us. So when you get home today, you can visit nolimits.fy and let us know what you want to bring to the potluck. Don't bring chips. All you chip people, cook something. Can't survive on chips. Well, maybe you can. (laughs) Just not very well, yeah. So y'all, this is also the year that we learn to access heaven. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said to us, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God wants his kingdom to manifest here on the earth. He doesn't want us to wait till heaven. He wants us to get it here now. The question is, how do we access heaven? And it's actually really simple. We allow the Lord to access earth through us because he can only access earth through us. And that's how we access heaven in return. And how we do that is we say yes to spiritual gifts. We say yes to healing. We say yes to God's promises, including the promise of wealth that we talked about for so long. And thank you, Anthony, for like reminding us of the importance of wealth and the godliness of wealth. I actually had somebody ask me on Instagram a few days ago. I, I post these videos on Instagram too, and they're like, well, what about the rich young ruler? They always got, they always got something, right? What about him? And I was like, well, the problem with him was not wealth. The problem was that he trusted in his wealth instead of trusting in God. That's it. 
I don't know why we think that the problem was wealth. That's like the love of money, right? Is the root of all kinds of evil. The, the problem's not, not money, it's loving money. So, goodness gracious, just get to the root of the issue. I was like, you're going to have to ignore the rest of the Bible to take this one story and say that God doesn't want you to experience wealth. But, you know, we like to do that all the time. Don't have time to get into that. But we've got to say yes to working as a team and functioning as the body of Christ. That's how we access heaven together. All right, now who remembers this series from last year, the different series? Really, it was epic because week after week, the Holy Spirit was revealing Jesus to us and destroying our wrong thinking in the process. But it wasn't all fun and games. This series went on for 16 weeks, and some people couldn't handle the heat from the series, and they're no longer with us. And this was a bit perplexing to me because each week, honestly, the Holy Spirit was pouring these truths into me when I was preparing for my messages, and I was just pouring them back out. And I can say this with confidence, every one of the 16 messages that I spoke in that series was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I was nothing more than a willing vessel delivering God's message to this church, and it was an incredible experience, for me anyway. I mean, it was just amazing. And I just assumed that everybody was as excited as I was about what was going on here. Jesus was being revealed for who he really was, and all this religious nonsense that we've believed for years was just being destroyed in an instant. It was awesome. Well, not everyone was excited, but most of you were because you were willing to let the Holy Spirit cleanse you from deception. Praise God for that. But even though this series, you know, it caused people to go out and spread rumors about me. It caused people to say negative things about our church. I have no regrets. I don't. I don't have any because this was the first time that I've experienced persecution for my faith. You know, we kind of live in a bubble here in America. It was really the first time that I've experienced that kind of persecution. I'm so thankful for it now. I wasn't really thankful for it back then, but I'm thankful for it now because now that I've been there and done that, persecution, the fear of persecution can't stop me anymore because it's, it's not scary anymore because I've been there. Y'all, persecution ain't nothing. Just press on through it. I'm free to share God's truth even when I know people are going to fuss at me for it. I'm just going to share it anyway because I'm not here for people to like me. It's great when they do. But what I'm here for is to equip God's church to do the work of God. So for the next four weeks, I'm going to give you a replay of the message, some of the messages from the different series, because sometimes you got to hear a message more than once for it to really soak in. So here we go. Let's start with the scripture that reveals why this series is so life-changing. It's found in John chapter 14, and Jesus said that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So if we want to know God then we have to get to know Jesus. And the best way to get to know him is through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In this series, we work through the book of John, and we discover how to follow Jesus. So like the opener said, get ready for different. Get used to different. And when preparing for these messages, I found out that I didn't know as much about Jesus as I thought I did. And I've been in ministry for a really long time, like all my life. I uh, was often surprised by something Jesus said or something Jesus did, or maybe even how he did it. It's just shocking. Because American Christianity likes to paint this picture as Jesus as this super nice guy who's politically correct, and he doesn't require too much of you. But that, I mean, we've been duped, right? I mean, that's, that's far from the truth. And it makes us quite ineffective when we don't really know Jesus, when we've adopted the American view of Jesus instead of really getting to know Jesus through his word. But we're going to get to know Jesus through this series, and a lot of inaccurate religious ideas about Jesus are just going to be blown to smithereens, so it might hurt a little bit, but it's going to be worth it in the end. So let's head to the very beginning of the book of John. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. Who are we talking about here? Jesus. All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. And in Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So, I mean, this is foundational stuff right here when it comes to understanding who Jesus is. He didn't just come into existence when he was born to a virgin named Mary over 2,000 years ago. No, he's been here all along since the very beginning. And Jesus is the one who brings us light, and this light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't get it. I mean, that's why whenever you truly follow Jesus, the world just doesn't get it. They're like, you are crazy. Why do you believe this nonsense? And they say all kinds of things. And I want you to notice how Jesus is also described as the word, the word of God, the Bible. It's not just a book. It's Jesus in written form. That's who the Bible is. No matter where you're reading, Old Testament, New Testament, it's all going to point back to Jesus every time. And even just a few verses later in the book of John, we get a full explanation of how salvation works. But the problem is most people think, like if you go out and you survey people in the world, they think that you can earn your way into heaven through good morals. Or some of them even think that, you know, God is such a loving God, he wouldn't allow anybody to go to hell. And both of these ideas are lies, and a lot of people end up in hell because of them. And the truth is, Satan's not against good morals. I mean, that's a shocker, right? He's not against good morals. If Satan can deceive you into thinking that your good behavior will earn your way into heaven, he is perfectly okay with that because you're going to end up in hell and take a lot of people with you. Because the reason is, good morals without Jesus are nothing. They're nothing. The key to eternal life is believing in and following Jesus. And when you do that, the good morals show up as a result. Don't get the cart before the horse. Thankfully, the true way to salvation is made plain over and over in Scripture. You really can't miss it if you read the Word. You only have to read to the 12th verse in the book of John to see the truth. It says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So to become a child of God, two things are involved. First, believe in Jesus. Second, accept Jesus. And there's other translations that instead of accept, it says to receive. So it says to believe in Jesus and to receive Jesus. What's the difference? Well, if you look this word up, the word receive or accepted here, in the original language, you find out that it means to give Jesus access to yourself. In other words, this is what salvation sounds like. I believe in you, Jesus, and because I believe in you, I follow you. I give you access to myself. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. To take hold of abundant life here on earth and secure your eternity in heaven, simply believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. I don't want you going to hell because you thought that your good morals could earn your way into heaven. And I don't want you going to hell because you thought that God's love wouldn't let anybody go to hell because it's just not true. God's love sent Jesus so that you could be saved. But you can't be saved without Jesus. Because without Jesus, you're relying on yourself, and you probably realize by now, you ain't going to cut it. You're not going to cut it. And the good things you do will never undo the bad things that you've already done. It doesn't work that way. Only Jesus can clean the slate. And when you believe in Jesus, you're born again. It's a fresh start. And that's awesome. Everything you've done wrong is forgotten, and the power of God comes inside of you to enable you to live free from sin. You're not going to get it perfect. But that's why we follow Jesus. You believe in him, so you follow him. And along the way, you're going to mess up. And Jesus says, hey, that's all right. come on, <laughs> keep following me. It's this way, not that way. All right, let's talk about what following Jesus looks like. And the first thing 
we learn about following Jesus in the book of John is found in the next verse. It says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in this verse, we learn the first thing about following the way of Jesus. To follow Jesus, I must embrace grace and truth. I mean, there's a group of Christians that fully embrace grace, but they don't embrace truth. I would call those people woke. That's what we would call them today. And this causes people to believe that living in sin doesn't matter after you get saved because grace covers it all. Just live how you want. Maybe I should start preaching that message. See if we can get some more people to show up. I mean, people like that. No responsibility. Heck yes. The problem is when you sin, you welcome deception into your life. It's like you're giving Satan a free pass to come in and kill, steal, and destroy. Come on in. I want you in my life. That's what you're saying whenever you sin. And eventually, if sin continues, deception is going to win out. And you're going to find yourself not following Jesus anymore, which indicates that you really don't believe in him if you're not following him. And that's a discussion nobody likes to have. So let's talk about the other group of Christians who fully embrace truth, but they don't embrace grace. This is all those legalistic churches that we all know about that fuss at you for how you cut your hair and wear your makeup and all that kind of stuff. Neither group is actually following the way of Jesus. They've created their own way using half of the gospel. But to truly follow Jesus, you got to embrace both grace and truth. And I really can't think of a better story that illustrates this in Jesus's ministry than the one found in John chapter four, where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at a well in the middle of the day and asks her for water. Such a, it's so awesome. She was astonished that he would even ask because back then Jews weren't even allowed to talk to Samaritans, interact with them. But Jesus uses this opportunity to explain to the woman that he's the Messiah and he's able to give her living water. You know, the chosen TV series did an amazing job displaying this story. So we're going to show it today. Go ahead and take a look. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, would you ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan? And a woman? I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? 
Long story. I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to throw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you 
and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. <laughs> you promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Wait! Your water! You forgot your um. Foxy, your man, you told me everything I ever did! <laughs> <laughs> I often think of why she was so excited that Jesus told all her dirty laundry. <laughs> and then I realized that it's because she didn't have to hide it anymore. She found out he already knew. <laughs> so good. So awesome. It was amazing what Jesus did with this Samaritan woman, even though he, would, he had just met her. He was enabled by the Holy Spirit to know specific details about her life. And he knew that she'd been married five times and what happened in each marriage. And the spiritual gift really is what 1 Corinthians 12 calls the word of knowledge. It's when the Holy Spirit enables you to know something that you could not have known otherwise. And really, this brings the next thing that we learn about following Jesus. And that's to follow Jesus. I must use spiritual gifts to reach people. You're going to see this over and over again in the Gospels. Jesus uses healing to reach people. He uses miracles and prophecy and the word of knowledge and faith. He welcomed spiritual gifts into his life to reach people every day. And we just witnessed how he used the word of knowledge to witness to the Samaritan woman. Now let's read a story in John chapter 1 where he does the same thing to connect with one of his disciples, Nathaniel. It says, when Jesus saw him coming, he said, there's a real Israelite, not a false bone in his body. And Nathanael said, where did you get that idea? You don't even know me. And Jesus answered, one day, long before Philip called you here, I saw you under a fig tree. And Nathanael explained, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you become a believer simply because I say that I saw you under a fig tree one day? You had not seen anything yet. You know, the American church is really weak in spiritual gifts. 
We think we're so sophisticated that our fancy buildings and our lights and our sound systems and our good-looking pastors are all that we need to, to reach people with the gospel. I mean, isn't it great to think that we've found a better way than Jesus? We've done it. Y'all, we found a better way. This is nonsense. It's foolishness. I mean, if Jesus needed spiritual gifts to reach people, we need spiritual gifts to reach people. And you might be wondering, can I even have spiritual gifts? Or is this just for the leaders of the church or for those people who can pray long prayers like Amy? <laughs> no long prayers? And I can answer this for you. It's very clear. In 1 Corinthians twelve seven, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. It's given to all of you for the profit of all. We've all been given spiritual gifts, all of us. When I operate in my spiritual gifts, it benefits everybody around me. When you operate in your spiritual gifts, it benefits everybody around you. In other words, when you choose not to operate in your spiritual gifts, you're missing opportunities left and right to make a difference in the lives of others. And the scripture goes on to give us a list of spiritual gifts. And this is not a complete list, but it's a, it's a great start for understanding what is available to us. So let's look at them. For one, it's given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And so what the word of wisdom is, is this is referring to an intimate understanding of God's word. It enables you to take something in the Bible that seems hard to understand, and you're able to make it easy for others to understand. That's the word of wisdom. You guys benefit from this gift every Sunday whenever I bring you the word. That's the gift that's on me. That's, you thought I was just smart. No, I'm not smart at all. I'm just yielded to the Holy Spirit, and he gives me this gift, the word of wisdom, so that I can take these complicated things in Scripture and bring them to you in a way that you can understand. And you know, it's really a bummer when people can't receive from me because of my age or because of this rumor that they heard about me by somebody who doesn't agree with me or something like that, because this is God speaking through me. This isn't me. This is God speaking through me. And when you resist what I'm teaching, you're not resisting me. You're resisting God and what he's trying to bring you. He's trying to bring you truth to bless you and to help you in your walk with him. That's all he's trying to do. And he can only do that through people. And I am that willing vessel. So don't reject this gift. Receive it. And then to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And we just witnessed two examples of this. The word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit enables you to know something that you could not have known otherwise. And this gift can be a little bit uncomfortable because it's very odd to act on something that the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you could not have known otherwise. I mean, you have no data to back it up. You have no experience. Your thoughts just can't back it up. And so it's easy to dismiss. It's like, well, where did that come from? I must just be dreaming stuff up. I think it's probably the most neglected gift, honestly, because God reveals something to you that can change this person's life forever. And you're quiet about it because you're just not quite sure how you know this. But just remember how Jesus used this gift with a Samaritan woman. It's incredible. He knew her most intimate secrets, and he didn't use them to shame her. He used them to draw her closer to God and to free her. It's awesome. To another faith by the same Spirit. And every person has been given faith to follow Jesus and to believe in Jesus. But the Spirit can also give you a gift of faith on top of this. And this is when you obtain absolute confidence in what God is going to do. You just know he's going to accomplish. Everybody else thinks it's crazy, but you know that God is going to get it done. And that is how I feel about America. I believe and I know that God is going to restore America because he's not done with it yet. And there's plenty of people who will look at me and say, you're crazy. Haven't you seen everything that's going on? Don't you know what's going on in the White House? Yeah, I see it. But I know that God is going to restore America. To another, gifts of healings. 
and working of miracles and prophecy and discerning of spirits. You know, healings and miracles and prophecy, these are those gifts of the spirits that probably most of us are the most familiar with. However, healing is a miracle, so you're like, you may be wondering, how is healing different from a miracle? Well, miracles refers to, you know, how Jesus fed the 5,000, how Jesus walked on the water, how Jesus calmed the storm, how Jesus raised people from the dead. Those are all miracles. And discerning of spirits, this is a gift that lets you in on what's really going on. Maybe you know when somebody's lying to you, or you just, you know that a situation isn't what it seems. You, you see into it. You know what's going on. And a perfect example of this is when Jesus knew whenever sickness was caused by a demon. It looked like they needed to be healed, but they needed to be delivered. He cast the demon out, and the sickness went away. He knew that because of discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So the Spirit enables you to speak in a language that you don't even know, and He can even enable you to interpret a language that you don't even know. Beth and I operated in this gift last week at the end of worship, if you remember that. I spoke in an unknown tongue. She interpreted it. All right, let's keep reading. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts as He wills. Like, this person might have one gift. This person might have three gifts. You might have one gift one day and another gift the next day. I mean, it seems like a great mystery, but it's really easy to understand. God wants to draw people to himself. And if he can give you a spiritual gift to help you get him there, he's going to give you a spiritual gift, whether you've operated in it before or not. Let me verify this truth with one more scripture, 1 Corinthians 1.7. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we don't see them at work more often, it's not because God's holding out. That's never the reason. He's not holding out. He gives you every spiritual gift that you need. Scripture, he gives you every spiritual gift that you need. The reason we don't see them as often as we should is because we're closed-minded to spiritual gifts. I mean, we run from spiritual gifts because we think our knowledge and our science and all these things that we can do are superior to what God can do. You might as well learn to let all that go, right? I mean, if we've learned anything over the past couple of years, it would be that human wisdom is quite worthless when it comes down to it. Actually, 1 Corinthians tells us that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Foolishness. So let me remind you, to follow Jesus, I must use spiritual gifts to reach people. Got to do it. So I'm going to ask the guys in the back to cue up that music for me. I want to give you a chance to, to do this. If you're ready to embrace spiritual gifts, I want you to just reach out your hands today just to let the Holy Spirit know that you're willing because he needs to know that. You, you just get your heart in a posture today of, use me, God. Holy Spirit, I receive these gifts. However you want to use them, I receive them. If it's in Walmart tomorrow, you give me a word of knowledge, I'm going to go do what you asked me to do. Say what you told me to say. All it takes is saying yes to these gifts for them to begin to operate in your life. He's not waiting for your obedience to line up or for you to know so much scripture first or any of that. He's just looking for your willingness. Are you willing to operate in these gifts? And are you going to be obedient whenever they manifest?
know, many of us have learned how to let these gifts flow in a church service. But I believe the mandate now is for us to learn how to use these gifts in everyday life. Just like Jesus did, hanging out at the well one afternoon. Spiritual gift enabled him to reach that Samaritan woman. We should be having those experiences at work and at the grocery store and every day. Not just at church. They're great to have at church too. I'm not saying that we dismiss them at church. But let's expand our, our vision of how these spiritual gifts can operate. Let's not limit it to when we're in church and everything's right. We've had a worship and we've sang songs first. No, we don't have to do all that first. These spiritual gifts are available. You have every spiritual gift that you need as you eagerly wait for the return of Jesus Christ. You have the gift of faith when you need it. You have prophecy when you need it. You have healing when you need it. explained how true salvation only comes when you believe in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. I know I say that a lot, but it's important that you know it. But I want you to examine your life right now. Does the way that you live show that you believe in Jesus? Ask yourself that question. Does the way that I live show that I believe in Jesus? I mean, I'm not talking about perfection here. I just want you to get real with yourself this morning. Are you following Jesus? Are you? Because if not, you need to dig into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and let Jesus reveal himself to you. Because when you find out who Jesus really is, you can't help yourself. you got to follow him. You can't help it. Man, that's going to be such an incredible experience. Somebody's about to jump into a journey of venturing into that for the first time, just diving into the Gospels with the focus of getting to know who Jesus is. And he's going to reveal himself to you, and it's going to be one of the most exhilarating, exciting experiences that you've ever had with the Word of God. So press into that. It's going to be awesome. Or, you know, maybe today Jesus revealed himself to you, and now you're ready to believe that he's your Savior, and that he's your Lord. I'm so excited that God would use me to lead you to that place to reveal, help you understand who Jesus is. And if that's you, I just want to help you put words to what's already happened on the inside of you. So go ahead and repeat this after me. Say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Thank you for giving your life to save mine. I'm forgiven. I'm free. And I dedicate my life to following you. for your blood applied that has washed me wide. Thank you, Lord, that as soon as we believe in you, we're born again. The old is washed away. We've become brand new. We are white as snow. We've been given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When you look at us, you see Jesus, and you are so pleased with your sons and daughters. It's all through the blood of Jesus. And we thank you. And we reflect and we meditate on our true identity in Christ. 
This isn't about anything that I've done. This is about everything that Jesus has done. And I have simply received it. And I walk in it. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.